Fine Dining, the search for the most mediocre restaurant in America, is a podcast where comedian Michael Ornelas is traveling the country, eating at all chain restaurants in search of the perfectly average 5.0 out of 10 dining experience. The objective middle threshold of where bad becomes good. Friend of the Doughboys, Marissa Pinson and John Glover were the most recent guests as they reviewed Costco's Food Court. It's a two-part episode that covers everything from discontinued menu items to how many Costco hot dogs they could fit in their mouths. Damn, I wish I was on that episode. I'd crush that. Head over to linktree.com slash fine dining podcast, uh, F-I-N-E-D-I-N-I-N-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, and click B's giveaway to enter a giveaway for an all-expenses-paid trip to your local Applebee's, the current frontrunner for the most mediocre restaurant in America at 5.02 out of 10, for you and up to three of your friends. And you can watch or listen to Fine Dining on your platform of choice while you're there. Enter by May 1st, and the winner will be announced on the May 8th episode. Disclaimer, $50 will be provided for transportation along with a $200 Applebee gift card. I love doing those fast read disclaimer things. Go give fine dining a listen. The search for the most mediocre restaurant in America. This is a HeadGum Podcast. What's up, shitheads? Welcome back to another episode of High and Mighty. It's me, your boy, the number one fuck boy. The number one fuck boy. The number one fuck boy. <laughs> Joining me as always in the High and Mighty Studios is my nearly silent co-host, Arthur Chicho Gabris. And also joining me is a uh, longtime listener, first-time guest, and longtime friend, first-time guest, uh, longtime co-New York resident, recent LA transplant. Nate Dern. Nate, thanks for coming to the High and Mighty Studios. That's really. all true. Good to be here. Good to be here. Yeah, it's, we're happy to have you. I've seen that, or I've listened to the intro so many times. It's truly a treat to watch it happen in person. Uh, <laughs> I not, think people are split 50 50. No cuck boy not today. Cuck I'm boy not today. feeling okay, it. I'm not fine. feeling it. Don't force it. It's a 50 50 split of people hating it in per or being terrified of it in person or going like it's nice to finally see. I, it was great to see. Yeah. If great. you want Artie to stop licking your hand, I can of, make I'm sort of into it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Because you will do it until the, the salt is gone from your. <laughs> if you got a little sweaty on the ride Uh-oh, over here, he's, in, he's into it. Uh-oh. He's a fucking freak. He's a freak. Um, so, Nate, you know the drill, but we're going to read some five star reviews. Uh, so, shitheads, listeners. Um, fans of Nate that are tuning into this podcast for the first time, I read uh, reviews of my podcast. If you rate me five stars, and the it's a roast of me personally, you negatively attack me, the show, my loved ones, then I will definitely read it on the air. So, for example, here's one from Steamy Load, um, and the title of the review is Piece of Human Garbage. <laughs> this podcast is great for anyone who wants to feel better about themselves. Words cannot express the relief I feel each time I put on this podcast and say to myself, at least I'm not the number one fuckboy. Wow. Hey, you know, that actually is a positive review. Yeah, I want to say it might be actually. Yeah. Yeah. Like if I'm helping you, then thank you. Uh, you're welcome is what I should say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is from Poodle124155. You are the only person who I have heard use the phrase in perpetuity and you use it a lot. Learn other words. Okay, yeah. I, I'm more about roasting, but I'll take notes. <laughs> I'll take some uh, executive development, executive so notes. say in perpetuity less? Yeah. That, oh, I think uh, they, they just said that on the most recent episode of uh, Game of Thrones. Because ah. uh, you watch Game of Thrones, of Daenerys course, was talking yeah. to Jon Snow like, hey, your ancestor took the knee to me in, in perpetuity. perpetuity and right? what does that mean to you? Yeah. <laughs> so Gabrus isn't the only person yeah, saying in perpetuity. Yeah, it's me and the breaker of chains. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm the mother of dragons. <laughs> I thought it was pretty awesome in that moment when uh, took just to jump to Game of Thrones for however long we need yeah, to. Yeah, let's, let's dive into Game of Thrones, <laughs> the title of this podcast. <laughs> um, I loved when it's uh, like I, I'm... I'm not owed to what my father did. And he's like, and I'm not owed uh, yeah. to what my ancestors right. did. That it's like, good. they're like going head to head. I love it I so much. Yeah. I thought it was a great episode. I could have just listened to them keep talking. Yeah. Tiff, I said to Tiff, I'm like, this episode is so exciting and it has like the least amount of fighting in it. Yeah, that's It's true. like the, yeah. the, all these characters that you've been building for five seasons you realize have never met. Yeah. Like when, when uh, Tyrion and John were like, hey, when is the last time I saw you? I was like, I know, oh my God, right. Their, the yeah, their dynamic back. <laughs> yeah. yeah 
was great. It, I'm so excited for all that. Yeah. It's pretty uh, spoilers, uh, but it's pretty wild that fucking Cersei is outwitting Tyrion. I know, but also he seemed to say, again, not to dive into this forever, <laughs> no, but he was like, he sort of knew that she'd be expecting it because he was like, we'll outsmart her by going through the sewers. But just by him admitting that she was expecting it, that already sh- it should have tipped him off. It's a bad plan. If she's right, expecting right, right. it in any way, don't right. do it. Yeah, Right. She'll know. She's good. Right. <laughs> and she's maybe a little bit better at military than he is. He's more like po- like political intrigue. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's also like, as a competitor, willing to do more than you are. Like, right. Oh, to, yeah. uh, to give a... Uh, a foreshadowing of what could be a topic for later in the in, in the episode today. Uh, when I was at Harvard, there was there's like this kind of rivalry between the Harvard Lampoon, which is the satire magazine, and then the Harvard Crimson, which was the newspaper. And all the like journalists who all the like good boys and girls who want to be journalists were in the Crimson, and right. then the Lampoon was all the fuck ups. Stoned, brilliant, dead, yeah. or whatever. <laughs> and, and in this like ongoing prank war, my roommate was in the Crimson, like the good boys, and he was like, "We're never gonna win because they they are willing to do so." Much much more than we are like they would break the law they would get kicked out in order to win this prank war what are we even like he didn't understand why they even pretended to keep doing it and Cersei's like that some people just want to watch the world burn that was a terrible (laughs) Michael Caine impression I know it was so so Michael Caine's in the podcast room with us now Michael Caine is here it's a bit nasal now we're just doing the trip (laughs) great fucking movie um all right, hold on. Let's read one more. This one's long, so I don't know what it says. It's from Webmanick, like I just can't even. I was in a coma back in January after a car accident. Pussy. The doctors <laughs> thought I was done for, so they had my family and friends come and say their final goodbyes. My friend had this podcast on when all of a sudden my finger twitches. The doctors were amazed. They thought I went full shivo, but not the moment my the movement of my finger caused them to step back and wonder. Then my whole arm reached up. A miracle indeed. I reached up and slapped my friend's iPhone to the ground, <laughs> shattering it. Once the audio garbage crackled and fizzed out due to the broken phone, my eyes opened. Your disgusting expired axe body spray fuckboy voice mixed with the ramblings about the garbage east coast saved me from my coma i would have rather died <laughs> that was a good one that was strong thank yeah, you very much webmanick n- nice press none of did any of those ha- give you a like a funny name that was slightly off of john gabrus i feel like that's a usual trope yeah i don't think uh, we had any of those today no no none today you're uh, john gerbis yeah, Kick the jams, just awful. John Garbus is a Long go. Island back alley dumpster fire of a person mumbling over comedians and listening only to turn their stories into punchlines of fart jokes. He looks like, and then it just ends. <laughs> wow, this guy could. Whoa. This guy, as he was writing the review, was like, and he looks like. He's like, what am I doing with my time? Yeah, I opens gotta... his drawer, takes a gun out, <laughs> just blows his head off. Suicide's no joke. Yeah, that's... <laughs> suicide's no joke. To make the joke, and then w- the second your guest starts laughing, to go, hey, hey. No, hey, come on, buddy. This, come on, dude. Be respectful. <laughs> it's the second time it's come up. The second so time far. I've thought about killing myself since this podcast started. And uh, countless other times today, I just never brought it up. Yeah, sure, but it's no joke. <laughs> yeah, it's not a joke. Let's not fuck around. Um, Nate, we were discussing, we, we just worked together on a little something, which uh, the listeners will, the shitheads will find eventually. Uh, yeah, right? It'll go out. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah. all of a sudden, I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> well, you never know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, the I web, hopefully the, the hard drive could, got deleted. You know, <laughs> could crash, um, yeah. And uh, we were talking about you coming on, and one of the things we thought about, since the title of your forthcoming book, or what, maybe it's out already? When August 8th. August 8th, which I think is this day. Uh, no. Yeah, it'll have come out two days ago. So oh, it's cool. out now. As you're listening to this, it <laughs> is out. Have you ever heard a podcaster have more trouble with learning when they're there? I could have looked that up a second ago, and I'm like, it's either coming out or out now. It's One already out. Uh, called Night, Not Quite a Genius, and something that came to mind when I just read the title, uh, luckily enough, I was able to get a copy of the book, and I was was able to get through the title and then really hash it out the title. <laughs> I looked at the back cover for a minute. It's really funny when you get a book from your friend and you like just read the jacket, and you're like, wait, I know that about yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or, oh, interesting. Or like, yeah, that's not how I'd put it. That's a stretch. <laughs> but uh, not quite a genius made me think of like uh, not quite getting there. And when I talked to you about that, you were like, no, I completely can wrap my head around that. Yeah. So I thought 
wasted potential or whatever we're calling this is yeah i like uh, that wasted yeah. potential yeah. yeah and um what made you say like yeah wasted potential works for me because you did go to harvard right yeah you did almost win beauty and the geek <laughs> had a few almost yeah <laughs> Yeah, that was that's those the big are the one. Two things I had. <laughs> those those are in my wedding vows in the New York Times when you your wedding announcement. The two big things: Harvard class of whatever and Beauty and the Geek contestant, <laughs> runner up, first runner up. Um, I think well, so the um, the title comes from an essay. The book's a collection of essays and humor pieces, and it's like some are fictional and some aren't. And that one's from a real story about how I worked at the uh, the Apple Store when I first was in uh, when I was living in New York City. Um, and I would work at the I worked at the Genius Bar, but my title was not Genius. So they had like <laughs> different designations, and like I hadn't gone through the was training. that orange shirt or po- like yeah. At, at the I had just started where they had just shifted to full cobalt blue. So oh, okay. everybody, everyone wore blue. Yeah, yeah. But so it used it, to be like geniuses wore one color. They had, and then- geniuses had I think black, and then like the concierges had green, yeah. and then like so the oh the floor staff had something else. So I was a family room specialist was my funny title, and that meant that I was allowed to I was allowed to fix like small devices like iPods and iPads, but the uh, the geniuses could fix computers as well as iPhones. So if people had an iPhone problem and they were stuck with me, and once they learned I wasn't a genius, they'd be so <laughs> disappointed. And I worked there for like nine months, and basically it was just people being disappointed that I couldn't fix their you know broken screen or tell them that uh, that the wine damage to their iPhone counted as water damage, and so they, it was not under warranty. It's really funny. It's like one of those things where you're like, uh, yeah, okay. I'm gonna do take this job at the Apple Store. Hey, great, great gig! But I went to a top tier college. I'm really yeah. in New York City. I'm gonna try to make it. But hey, I'll take this job. I mean, I'm above it. It's just a temporary job. And then you get there, and you're like, so yeah, I'd like to be a genius. They're like, no, bro. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that's like me. I did construction for one summer in New York, and I was like, I just need money. I'll come. And then onto the site, I was like a problem like yeah. i was just not good at all and i was like oh my god right i'm like ah, yeah this bullshit i guess i'll do it and i'm like oh, i'm not even good at that yeah i'm not even good at things that i don't care about you know what i mean it's like yeah. I, oh, I suck at this my uh my senior year of college i had like one of many freak out moments when i was kind of sensing that all my all my harvard peers were going to go on and do more impressive better things than me and they and, and they did and they all did like <laughs> pretty much to the t yeah <laughs> Uh, pretty much everyone I can think of. <laughs> like I'm trying to think of just one person right now that that's not true for, and I can't. Yeah, I don't know how many Harvard kids go back and work at their parents' deli and get stuck there. <laughs> <laughs> um, and oh, so my roommate Joe, who also the same guy who worked for the Crimson, he's like a great guy, really smart. He was going to go work for this consulting firm. And like, I think he told me how much he was going to get paid or something. And I was like, oh my God, what am I, what am I doing? Maybe I should apply for that. Like, oh yeah, I'll sell out for a couple of years. Like, and I, I got into my head like, okay, I can sell out. And so I like submitted and I got in the interview and then it was, it was an interview where they give you these like similar to like an LSAT test where they give you a problem and they just want to see how you, how you think. Yeah. yeah. So the problem they gave me was like, so a person asks me how many energy bars uh, like power bars, like for uh, for athletes, do you think are sold in the United States every year? And so they want you to start with like, well, there's this many people and probably this many are athletic just to hear your process. Yeah. And you're allowed to have scratch paper. <laughs> so I'm like going through it all. And this I'm is like, like the men in black interview. Yeah, you yeah. know, it's like it's mostly a psychoanalysis. Right, of like just to how- see how you do under pressure. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's like 12 people watching through a window. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think it was recorded. And so I think I'm 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 fully confident that I'm doing well. I'm like, yeah, I'm killing this. Like, I eat energy bars. I'm gonna I eat Cliff bars and stuff. I'm gonna be great at this. And I'm th- I think I'm being funny. I think the interviewer was also from Colorado, where I was. So I'm like, oh yeah, this is going great. And then I get to the end and I like punch it in on the calculator. And I'm like, so I think that uh, it's a 100 trillion energy bars every year. And I kind of look up at her like, oh, that seems a little high, right? And she's like, yeah, I think that's a little high. Okay, yeah, there's 25 billion people they have four energy bars a day each and then she didn't even pretend to like keep doing the interview to humor me it was just like y- you did so badly at that there's no way that we would hire you like, so even cool. when I, and then you got to walk out going i didn't really want to do yeah that. exactly but even when i thought like yeah i'll sell out i'll do this thing <laughs> you couldn't like, even get no, it no yeah. no you got to go work at the apple store <laughs> yeah worst comes to worst i'll just do this job uh no you are not qualified right exactly oh, all right well see you later assholes yeah uh, what a bummer 
Um, yeah, the reason I, I kind of, I may have mentioned this anecdote on the podcast before, but I was like super smart. Like I was considered like my parents, like I knew how to read when I arrived at kindergarten, Mm -hmm. like in kindergarten, I could read and I was, uh, super smart. And then like, it turns out retroactively and my parents the whole time were like, I'm so proud of my son. He's going to be, he's going to do this. Harvard was a big joke in my house. Cause my parents were like in like first grade, I got glasses and they're like, he's a little Harvard boy. And my parents, my dad didn't even graduate high school. So they were just like, if you can get into college, you could probably get into Harvard. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, don't even know. Right, right. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go to Harvard. And then that was like when I was like 10, I was like able to do so, read so fast, contain so much information. And then I just fucking plateaued. <laughs> you just and stayed it turns at that out level? I was, I'm still that smart, which is not <laughs> bad for a, an adult. But for a 10 year old is like, I looked like a, uh, like I was You're like a, a prodigy. prodigy. Yeah. Prodigy. I was like, yeah, my parents yeah. were like, holy shit, this kid. And then it just every year got, I got closer and closer to average. Everyone else yeah, caught yeah. up. Yeah. Everyone else is like, I'm learning that too. Hey, yeah. Oh, hey guys, come on over. Yeah. If I get this. And then by the time I was in like advanced classes with gifted teachers all the way until like junior year, I had to ju- I had to step down from the advanced classes, but I had already taken classes because I was in advance. Uh, so I was in c- classes with kids a whole year younger right. than me, <laughs> or like a year older than me, right. who are I'm just like in a class with twelfth graders, and I'm just a random eleventh grader. It's not an advanced class. I am now an idiot amongst just other the, idiots. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like fuck. I was I thought I was I trickled into college and uh, made it through college, but I was like fuck, dude. And then in in hindsight, I was like. Oh wow, that I needed to harness that. I needed yeah. to do something about it. <laughs> and was there ever a moment where your family like acknowledged that? Were they or did it was it just such a slippery slope of the like from one year to the next? It was like no one really acknowledged it, but then like when I started getting in like trouble in high school because mm-hmm. I I think I also just like reprioritized everything like, yeah. once I got to be like 13, once uh-huh. like 14, 15 whenever like boobs were around, right. I was like Okay, girls give me attention when I am funny. Yeah. And that's all I needed were those two pieces of information. Right. And that kind of just <laughs> threw me through to like 26. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like to date, I still like fundamentally have a better show if the crowd is female heavy. Really? <laughs> yeah. Or at least I bring more energy you, or try like, harder. You try harder. I yeah. want to do better. Yeah. That's funny. I know. It's so weird. It's like, And I'm like a gross misogynistic style comedian. It's like, I'm still just so excited. I'm Women. bringing it Chicks tonight. Chicks are in the crowd, bro. <laughs> That's really funny. Uh, yeah, so I feel like I've wasted, and also I just know that I've I'm talking. I've wasted time fundamentally, which I had imagined. Time is free. Time is nothing but potential because mm-hmm. who knows what you could do in it. And I've just fucking burned it all away. Does, yeah. So that potential, like, do, does it feel like you uh, want to be doing something else, or is it the like, yeah, the feeling of wasted potential? Is it more just like an abstract? Uh, yeah, like intellectually that, or does it, does, is it like an emotional, does it bother you that? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm not sure. I, I don't think so. Cause I think like I, I'm pretty good at what I want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is like enough for me to feel uh, okay in this world. Yeah. But something I was just thinking about is like, think about your friends who like most comedy people, most are slightly above average intelligence mm-hmm. or slightly more skilled or preternaturally good at certain things. Um and or very charismatic something about them but then if they if you make it in comedy that's a good job that's right. a good life that's right. like undeniably a good life but if you don't and you quit when you're like in your mid thirties right or whatever and you're like all right I guess I'll be a lawyer now and it's like you just blew fifteen years yeah, of not yeah. sharp keeping your weapons sharp and that's what it seems like yeah yeah and it feels like different than another field this is also just my ignorance of other fields but I feel like like my brother in law is a lawyer. Uh, and like, you know, he's trying to be a lawyer and he like the equivalent of him getting like a staff writing job on a TV show would be like him getting a, a law job at the top law firm or whatever right. in, in like corporate law or whatever he wants to do. Whereas like the equivalent of being a teacher at an improv theater is he's just a lawyer at a less prestigious law firm. So right. he's still a lawyer, you know, right, 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 whereas right. like the fall off if you're trying to do comedy is like almost a different right. Like thing. if you're trying yeah. to be a lawyer, you're not like three days a week meeting with other people who are looking for lawyers, right. and just looking at you going, 
Yeah, no, we have enough lawyers. We need a we need a couple of diverse lawyers. Sorry, get <laughs> just, lost. Yeah, just saying no to you again and <laughs> yeah. again and again. And then you're like, well, I call myself a lawyer. They're like, yeah, great, that's awesome. So, do you do law anywhere? You're like, well, I'm trying to. It's like we're really looking for lawyers. Yeah, with law experience. I'm an aspiring lawyer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> In the meantime, I'm a bartender. Yeah. I, oh, that's such an interesting thing because it's like, no one. I guess you would just take a shittier like. It's not like you can't, oh, I can't write on um, Broad City, so I'll write on this show that I consider like, okay, no, I can't write on that. So right. I'll keep dropping, like, my standards are dropped. I'm right, like, I've yo, dropped young Sheldon, okay, we got to get me in the Poor room. baby, yeah. <laughs> Boy, genius. <laughs> be- I just, if you listen to my most recent episode of my podcast. I actually talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, this show sounds insane. God, I please give me a call right. and invite please, me please, to do yeah. one thing on it. Yeah. <laughs> it's an insane world to be in. Yeah. Um, but I don't have that. My peers in college, as I got older, pre-comedy were all like business-minded, business-minded, like tri-state area yeah. dudes who were just like, "Bro, you got to move to Jersey, get a house, dude. You get a fucking job at Pfizer, and then yeah. you're fucking loaded. No big deal." You yeah, know? yeah. It's like that's what all of them did. So I never had. I couldn't imagine being around truly aspirational people. Did you? Was that like? At, in college at Harvard, was that like a, a vibe that was there? Because like everyone is striving. Yeah. Does it like make you want to try harder? It made me want to. It also, it almost wasn't even like, and this is like the real dangerous thing about, or dangerous, like the thing about privilege is that it wasn't even like a striving. So much, It was more of an assumption. Like, I will be doing this. Like, right. I will be a senator in 20 years. Or like, I will right. be working, you know. At, whatever like, their thing was. Whatever their thing was, yeah. yeah. Just believe that it was going to happen for them. And pro- probably a lot of it was because, and I think this is like a cliche, is that it's a lot of kids who have never failed before. Right. <laughs> like, it's all the kids from like all the high schools who only knew success. Well, because you had, you had to get there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And some of it is that, yeah, it's like high achieving people. And then some of it is because they're coming from places of privilege. So it was more like, it was aspirational. That was part of it. But then it was, it was just an assumption of like, you will be doing something important. And it was, there wasn't everybody. Like, there were some like artist types who, kind of were like anti wanting to achieve in a traditional way but even they but even that's like an insane weird exact privileges face to yes, be at yeah. harvard and being like i don't even know but this bullshit is yeah it's like all right then go to amherst and go even they, like <laughs> those people still wanted to like they were going to be the leader of the occupy wall street movement and write a book about it which i'm thinking of a real person who did that so even when they do <laughs> even when they choose the non-traditional path it's right. still in like a very they're still like yeah impressive I'm, way yeah. i'm going to be in charge right exactly. I'm, I'm harvard i'm from harvard exactly. i'm in charge of a uh, coalition of um street grifters but yeah. it's me and right. i'm in charge <laughs> yeah when, uh, when i was really young i didn't think of myself as a smart kid i remember like in uh up until second grade at least i i like i thought school was like kind of hard and i like didn't like doing poorly on tests and i remember specifically in second grade like chris shrek was a smart kid and like the teacher he would get like perfect grades and all the teachers liked him and i was really jealous of him (laughs) um and then in third grade we took a test called the iowa test of basic skills did you have to take that it might have been like a on the west coast or regional thing um and that was the first year that they had like the gifted and talented track. And I tested in like the 97th percentile or 99th percentile or whatever. And then so me and like six other kids in my grade were had to like leave class to go to GT, including Chris Shrek. And so for the yeah. first time, it was like, wait, I'm one of the smart kids? Oh, like, hell yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Try I, this bad boy yeah, for a little bit. Yeah. And so that was the first time when I started to have my my parents are especially my mom like well nate's a little genius you know yeah. like, and then so you start to i did start to think of myself that way like oh maybe i am one yeah. of the smart kids the more i talk about it the more I'm, maybe i was just around dumber people too you know what i mean <laughs> like my family is not that smart my dad yeah. was like kind of like was a smart guy but wasn't educated so i'm wondering if at the same time i was like being like, I'm fucking genius. Look, I'm smarter than adults, but right, it's like right. maybe it's like they're very dumb adults. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm sure there's some fucking ten year old kid who uh, could like fucking outsmart me, or I'm sure there's a, a number of yeah. ten year olds <laughs> working together, a group of ten year. I heard them talking on the fucking playground. They're coming for me. Like uh, step brothers, eat the white dog shit. Who are you? Wicked. Oh, I, that made me think of. Uh, that uh in uh in psychology there's like an idea of like the optimal zone 
of challenge, which is like if something is too challenging, you'll just quit because you're too frustrated. And if something's too easy, you won't apply yourself because it's boring. All right. So I think I like lucked out that I went to a school that was like a middle sized school in like a not that competitive state where I could feel like school challenged me. And so I really applied myself. But meeting like meeting our friends who went to like tough uh, like boarding schools in New York city or something. I feel like if I would have gone to a school like that, I would have been like, Oh man, everyone else is so much smarter than me. Ah, uh, fuck it. I'm not smart. I'm, right. not, I'm not even going to try. I think part of the reason why I continued to, uh, want to learn was cause I was considered smart. Right. I yeah. think a part of, I mean, and again, it could be just like, uh, self-fulfilling prophecy yeah. or I think that's part of act it. the way, act the way you want for the job. You, yeah, whatever yeah, that yeah. expression, no dress for the job you want, but this would be like, act like you've been there, yeah, uh, whatever yeah. it is. Um, I'm like wondering if maybe the reason I was into learning and wanted to read more and is because I was being told I was smart. And Def- I, was, I think yeah. definitely. Yeah. 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 So weird that that falls off really hard. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like thinking about education, I feel like the ideal way, I don't know how we would actually do this, but would be to structure schools in such a way that we could like find that thing for each child of like, that that makes them feel smart like so they want to keep doing it yeah like the person like the <laughs> like, like a, a high like a high level personal trainer will always say yeah. like like cr- uh, some people like to get screamed at like it's crossfit like some people like that throwback high school right some people just want to be left alone some people want like a little whisper like come on mm-hmm. let's get finishes up like the and you have to learn that about your clients right. and before you alienate them if you do it a certain way it's like yeah like what if someone like now that we go now that we know about like dyslexia and like all the shit like kids who like didn't have good glasses and couldn't read what was on the board were just like ah fuck it i'll just like lose this you know like (laughs) like the shit that would happen in school you'd be like oh man what if we'd like just paid attention to how kids learned yeah individually i'm sure there is plenty of schools in the nicer neighborhoods in brooklyn and, and santa monica that do do like that do do that but i don't obviously that's not nationwide right right yeah but yeah to have that tracking that you either get on the that right track where you're like yeah i'm smart and or yeah or you don't or yeah. at least you know like all right well nate needs a lot of visuals right. like uh yeah or um it seems like uh no matter what i say in front of the whole class john doesn't get it but if i tell him one-on-one he totally yeah. can wrap his head around it you know because yeah. that would be like i would be like a genius because i would have no one to try to impress in school so i would have paid attention to the teacher if it was just us right because right. i wouldn't have been trying to wise off and be considered yeah. cool it'd be funny for all the girls yeah oh yeah hey, <laughs> i see you over there sweetheart i got a. I i noticed you like a lot when i when i'm uh particularly weird i got that hey, okay <laughs> i'll do that again yeah. mm-hmm. i was doing the personal trainer thing but for women's senses yeah. of humor <laughs> <laughs> or like uh to be fair i would say also like alpha like bully right, types right, right, i would right. be like how do i get donna frio to fucking be cool around you want to like impress him too. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah cool i want like a i want the pass i want yeah, like yeah, the, yeah. the safety of like leave gabriel Salone. he's yeah, cool don't, don't make fun of him he's funny he, yeah he's funny. He he's in my it. class he's funny i know he wears hawaiian shirts and he's 17 <laughs> <laughs> did you yep <laughs> i thought they I, were like, like the most ironically fun thing or no fun? i was like yeah. this is just the coolest thing you can have is yeah because i was into like that surfing style somehow uh, okay, like yeah. i was wearing like quicksilver rusty and billabong like from when it was kind of cool in my town like 92 but then i kept it on kept through like it. the mid 2000s and and, and through college, yeah. I mean, I still have like I now I shop at Tommy Bahama. <laughs> oh man, Tommy Bahama is so comfortable. I love Tommy Bahama. <laughs> I love it. If you're talking about dressing for the job you want, I think I need to be a, a retired on a boat. Yeah, it's if like, you're wearing Tommy Bahama, <laughs> yeah. that's what that is. I that's think. like my my fashion style is I am a retired fat man. <laughs> <laughs> And the other thing about Tommy Bahamas, they make size forty two waist and pants. It's also uh, loose. X. It's like loose and flowing, <laughs> yeah. so it doesn't. It kind of hides whatever your figure yeah, is. Yeah, but it it's like, like drapes yeah, th- off of you. <laughs> this is perfect for drinking twelve Bud Light limes on yeah. your dad's fishing boat or whatever. Yeah, it's like it's clothing that if you pass out in the sun from drinking too much, you'll be relatively protected. Yeah, it's yeah, like it's anticipating <laughs> that happening. Yeah, and like. I've seen some of the most. Ins- I go to the Tommy Bahama every time I go through the Grove, and I go there often to see movies. And I've I'll been be to like, that one. Uh, I've tried on some hats there. <laughs> oh yeah, I've didn't got buy any, but closet full of Tommy. Oh, I see him. Oh baby, yeah, I like that green one. <laughs> Here we go. Oh yeah, here's this is uh, well, this is Ralph Lauren, but oh, it's satin. That's nice. <laughs> it's satin, satin. <laughs> or silk and satin. Silk. 
It is. I have a silk Hawaiian a, shirt. This is a silk Hawaiian oh shirt. Oh my feel gosh! That. I'm ver- listeners. I'm verifying. This is a silk Hawaiian <laughs> shirt. That's and incredible. I wore this with shorts to a wedding in <laughs> in Cabo, and everyone was like, "Okay, that's a weird outfit." For and then I wore it to a wedding on the Chelsea Piers uh, when I was home for like Del Close Marathon. Because you've done it for a wedding once, so you're like, "Yeah, it's okay." Yeah, I'm like, "It passed for a wedding." It was really hot that day. I'm like, "Oh," and it was like a rugby buddy who was getting married, and he's like. I'm not going to invite you if you can't make it. I'm like, I'm actually in town for the Del Close Marathon, and I'd love to come over after a show. And I fucking showed up there in a Hawaiian shirt. And I, I've been doing DCM all weekend, oh, so it's like, oh, it's all loosey-goosey. And he and it's a rugby buddy, so I'm thinking people are going to be dressed crazy. And then I get there, and oh, it's black no. tie. Oh, no. And I'm in, but white buttoned, white shorts, uh, dock siders, no socks, and a fucking. Th- Did you go loudest. in? Yeah, I went in, hung out, <laughs> hung out the whole time. That's great. As a matter of fact, I think one of the buttons is ripped on that from, like, from that party uh, yeah, or from, from that a wedding. Scuffle, yeah. A fun scuffle. Oh, okay. Yeah. A rugby scuffle. A rug- yeah, just yeah, a classic, fun. like, hey, we're it's now midnight, time to start yanking on yeah, each yeah. other's collars and shit like that. Uh, <laughs> well, I think, the, I think the personal trainer comparison. I think is a good one actually. Cause I think like with athletics, it's true too, where I like, I did cross country and track in high school and it was a similar thing where it was like just the right amount of challenge where I could always, I could like in the races against the other schools in my County, I would get like first or second or third. And it was just challenging enough that I like did pretty well. I got recruited and I was on the team in college. And then my first race was just, I was like, like 500th place out of, you know, a thousand <laughs> runners and was like, Oh, this is the same amount of pain as running in high school, but, but with, with no reward of, the, yeah, of like yeah. winning the race or almost winning. So I'm going to stop doing this. Yeah. Or when you see how much harder you would have to try yeah. to get to where you'd want to be, you're That's like, true. you're like, if I'm comfortable doing X amount more percent, uh, hard work in this training for the, uh, cross country, but I only get from 500th place to 310th right. place. I'm yeah. like, that's not worth it. Exactly. If yeah. I could, but if you're telling me you could be top 10, but you have to put in 250 times the effort, I'd be like, yeah, yeah I, all right. Looks like I'm either going to fucking yeah. play your coach or yeah. right. Right. So did you quit? I, I like limped along like literally and figuratively because I, I like tore my quad muscle. But, so I like kind of stayed on the team. But then basically I like uh, started to think of myself more as a comedian over the course of college. And yeah. then was like, uh, maybe I'm not going to. So I didn't do it my senior year, but I did. I was on the team the first three years. When you went to school, did you think you were going to do something like did you not? Because I didn't really know about comedy when I went away to school. I thought I was going to be. A, yeah. I thought I was going to be an FBI agent. Like, did you think you were going to be something? I thought lawyer than politician. Wow. And that's what. So the other thing about like my mom telling me you're a little genius, and then like I did better and better in school, and then I became like valedictorian and straight A's and all the classes. And so in high school, like friends and then especially like friends parents would say like Nate's going to be president one day, and it was right. also like in this little small town, so it's like. I don't know. It's like, and that's just like the job everyone thinks. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, no longer um, right. an esteemed <laughs> career option. <laughs> right. Um, but even like. Yeah, look at this trash monster. Right. Yeah, he could be president. <laughs> this, this person's a scumbag and he is. Could be uh, yeah, yeah. Well, perfect. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyone can be president. The now. bar has been lowered. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, even up until maybe when I was like 25 or 26, when I would go home, like friends, parents are just like teachers around town would be like so nate you still gonna be president one day or like Uh i'm looking forward to voting for you (laughs) which like slowly shifted from being like a nice vote of confidence to like feeling like oh i'm such a failure at this point i've been in 12 improv shows that would bar me from ever working in exactly yeah (laughs) like i have there's a video of me on youtube right now that right exactly like you could search my name and the three of the top 10 things would disqualify me from most jobs right Yeah, like I couldn't even imagine uh, trying to go into politics. Now it's like, hey, we went through a uh, hundred episodes of your podcast, yeah, and you said the following statements. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I don't even want to know. I know. Even when people quote back to me funny things I said, I'm like, I said that. Ooh, Jesus Christ! Yeah. yeah, I'm like, ooh, it's just out of context. It's <laughs> anything, and sometimes in context. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the context actually made him more offensive. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's what he was referring to. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, like. Uh, What's the context of this quote? He was saying it to a handicapped child. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, that's problematic. Yeah, yeah. And we have the recording. Oh, he wasn't just saying it. He was yelling it. Yeah. <laughs> and the handicapped child was just minding their own business, <laughs> rolling by. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> it's, not it's not fun. Hey, 
It's not. It's no it's joke. No, it's no joke. It's no joke. We don't joke about that. Um, do you feel like you've wasted? Like I'm. Sh- like yeah, I think I. I'm doing better now. I'm like 32. Actually, this is gonna this is gonna sound cheesy, but so I'm I'm uh, married. I just got married and I'm, uh, very happy. And in a way, I sort of feel like all the mistakes I made are okay because they led me to marrying Miranda. And right. like, had I gotten more successful earlier on, I might have like moved somewhere else. And so just the fact that I'm now married to Miranda does like retroactively, right, kind of make all my twenties like it was okay. I had to fuck up all those things and like to have be those, in that certain spot yeah. to be. Well, that's like. I joke about like how I didn't go to like the good school that I wanted to go yeah. to and all that stuff, but I met my wife right. in college. So it's like that was the right move yeah. to do that. And I met her because I dressed like an asshole and was the funniest kid in our communications class. Yeah, yeah. So the thing that I actually was doing that was maybe wasting potential Some in the classic thing. sense yeah. was actually creating uh laying the groundwork for what would be eventually the thing that makes me happy. Right, in life, exactly, exactly. Which is such an interesting Yeah. Uh, also not to get, I don't want to, I don't even want anyone to hear this, but, <laughs> um, like, if you went to on to become like a poet, like, you would eventually find someone that, like, you know what I mean? You that's, hope so. No, you no, no, that's so, true too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and quite possibly, still Miranda. Right, right, right. Like, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, like, that, yeah, it's not a, like, don't choose to fail to hopefully meet the right, right. girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not the lesson. <laughs> Got it. Blow it off because chicks like losers. You know, like- but it, it does feel like a good, uh, like reset isn't the right word, but it, it is like I'm happy with my life right now. And so therefore that's okay. And now yeah. I can just like do my best going forward. Right, right, um, right, right. But there, yeah, there's a while Because you realize there. like, oh, fuck potential. This is the greatest thing I could have done right. is uh, married or become in yeah. a partnership with this person. Yeah. Well, it is. Yeah, it is like a good reminder of like, yeah, because being so... Wasted potential is inherently like a framework of looking at the world that really focuses on achievement or whatever right. else. And like, cause the point is you didn't achieve something that you, uh, that you could, uh, right. you yeah. didn't get to the, the point that you didn't, all this space, this wasted potential space is like self-inflicted in a way too. Cause you're just only cause you're picturing a certain goal. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and like, that's really funny when you like, you could really retroactively make your life look like, you've been on the exact correct track the entire exactly. time. Yeah, right? yeah. You could literally, you could straight up just be like, I'm going like, Oh yeah, no, I needed to spend a decade playing Starcraft and drinking at under St. Mark's and screaming, uh, you know, fucking disgusting phrases in front of strangers for free for, I need to do that for a decade to, f- to be where I am and, right now. And it's the only way I could have done it. Right. Yeah. There's no other way I could have been hosting my own middling success podcast. There's no other way to get there with the exception of spending a decade tucking your dick between your legs for a fucking late night gag <laughs> on stage, on stage show, in front of yeah. strangers yeah waiting 45 minutes with your dick tucked in between your legs and like sunglasses on backstage so that you can come out and sort of get rushed through a bit that you've worked on for fucking eight days and you're like in hindsight you're like what you want yeah talk about wasted potential you could <laughs> you could just talk about uh, writing packets like submission packets yeah yeah. And it's like I just like randomly look through my folder that was yeah, like yeah. entitled writing and yep. I have like um this show this show and I'm like oh my god I've written so much stuff for specific jobs that I didn't get right. and it's like what the fuck that is just a ton of material I did yeah. not yeah yeah and some of it is like not to get too nitty-gritty but for some shows maybe it, it's like an idea or a sketch that you could maybe repurpose or use some other but, but some often of it's, it's so specific. specific yeah it's, it's like, like 10 well, jokes in Trevor Noah's vo- right. you know you're like <laughs> okay I'm like how could I as a South African man yeah <laughs> 10 jokes the week like 10 Whoops. jokes in Trevor Noah's voice the week of May 15th, 2015. Right, like, right, right. Yeah, not going to use those again. <laughs> <laughs> huh? Yeah, how about this Dark Knight, huh? Right. This, is, this Heath Ledger thing is sad. <laughs> I have no idea when any movie came out. <laughs> yeah, that could be right. <laughs> could be right. I mean, it's still sad. Yeah. To be we, fair. Don't joke. And we don't joke about it. Yeah, yeah no joke. Suicide's not a joke. Uh, uh, drug addiction is not a joke. Yeah, uh, I lived in... England for a year I think maybe when when I was living in England is when Heath Ledger passed away and I was like that was a place where I felt very not as smart as my peers I was in uh, in a program at Cambridge and I remember this like I feel like GQ or Vanity Fair 
wrote this article that was like imagining what Heath Ledger's last night might have been like. And it was from his point of view. And I was really sad about him dying. And I, I thought it was cool. And I like sent this email to a couple of the other people in my program because we had been talking about Heath Ledger and none of them wrote back. And then I like followed up in person like, oh, do you guys read that thing? And they kind of like looked at each other and they exchanged a look where I could tell they had talked about the thing I had sent them. And they're like, oh, yeah, we thought it was a little uh, like pedestrian and cliche. And I was like, oh, God, this thing I was sad about that I sent you. Wow. What a great place to leave Harvard to find a place where even you feel even shittier. What uh, what program were you studying? It was it was called Screen Media and Culture, and it was for a one year degree called an MPhil, and I got <laughs> a uh, a fellowship to go there for a year. Uh, so I did that right after college. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, that's when I still felt like maybe I was on track. Right. Um, I had but a, it was because you were then studying media at least. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. You were like, oh, what were you? In, what was the intention at that point? What was the? It was right. still like wanted to do. Oh, by that point, I'd already. So I started college thinking like politics or lawyer, lawyer than politics. And then by the end of college, I was like, wait, doing improv comedy is my favorite thing to do, like writing comedy. I right. love, I want to do that. So went there thinking like maybe something with TV writing. And I ended up studying TV. Like everyone else was writing about film and I was like specifically wrote about TV. Um, and then, uh, went to New York to do teach for America. And I was thinking like, that would be my day job while I tried to do comedy. Oh, and, and then I was, I did a bad job at Teach for America. I, I failed at that. I quit before the end of the two years that you're supposed to do. No. And that's when I started working at the Apple Store. So that was my like low point of thinking I was like, yeah, I'm a Harvard grad. I'm going to go write for TV. I'll go from Harvard to Cambridge to t- teaching in New York City. Yeah, <laughs> and, I thought, and I think I also probably thought like, one, I did believe in the program. But then two, I think I thought it would be like, an interesting backstory for my like future, obviously successful comedian right, like, self. Yeah, I did two years of teacher. Of course I did. It's yeah. like, it's like the uh, intellectuals uh, armed services. Right. And exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, I did two years and yeah. I did two years in the system, brother. Right. <laughs> Especially, I don't know if it still is, but at that time it was like, yeah, that was, that was like the most prestigious of the like uh, AmeriCorps, like type uh, right. Peace Corps type things right, you could right, do, right. or it felt like it. Yeah. Um, and I think I maybe even thought that I'll be in New York, like, yeah, you know, Lauren Michaels will see, you know, he'll walk into my classroom and see what a funny math teacher I am, uh, and he'll ask That's me to... Right. Hmm, okay, Mr. Dern, yeah. come with me. <laughs> uh, stop what you're doing. Um, uh, come this come way. With uh, class, I'm sorry. I'm just eating popcorn in the back of your class. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was when, like, that was a low point of, like, had failed at that, had failed at teaching, and then was, like, working at the Genius Bar... Uh, like, oh man, maybe comedy's not gonna happen for me. Maybe I like made some wrong choices, <laughs> and then that was like eight years <laughs> or something. It was, like all the twenties, didn't quit. <laughs> yeah, didn't quit. Uh, and then started working at UCB. Was like, oh, maybe I'm gonna be okay. And then got a job at Funnier Die three years ago. Years ago, and you know, I still now I'm like okay with it, but I still feel I still wonder sometimes like had I because I had so much. Had I made other choices? Right. Did you use your momentum that you momentum, got? Yeah. yeah. Did I like, use the momentum? Because it felt like I had a lot of it for a while. There. Right. You're like, fuck, coming out of Harvard, going to Cambridge, coming to New York City. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, like something that uh, when I was on an early improv team, good friend and future guest of the podcast, uh, Matt Moses, I was on an improv team with him and he left. Law firm or? A different- yeah. Uh, no. Before law firm, uh, Mailer Demon, he left oh, yeah. to go to. Yale to get his MFA in playwriting, which wow. is like a the Eugene O'Neill scholarship. It's three kids a year, oh, three students a year, and it's uh, all paid for, and you get a stipend over the summer to oh, write. Yeah. It's like an insane job, yeah, uh, insane thing. And he gets it, wow, and he leaves and goes to fucking gets his MFA, and in three years he comes back and he joins the law firm. And we're back doing just improv- back where he was, yeah. and and I was like, dude, look at me, man. You went to fucking Yale and got an MFA, and and I'm still doing the same bullshit we were doing when you left. And he goes, I am now too. Right. <laughs> and I was like, I was looking at it like, oh man, but hey, you have an MFA. But yeah. he was like, no, I have an MFA, and I'm and on your Harold team again. Right, yeah. Right, and yeah. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. yeah. Oh, fuck. Yeah, there is a negative there. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, a, like- that's, a good, that's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and shows how you can, like, the same event, you can interpret those two different ways. Right, yeah. like we're... We're 
uh, peers. We're colleagues in a way. Yeah. We're on this, and like we both came from exactly different places. But then at some point in our, in some our development, we landed on the same track. And we're like, okay, from right, here, right. Yeah. Here we are. This is what we're doing. Now. <laughs> That's sort yeah. of what the f- there is. A still a bit of a meritocracy to comedy a little bit uh where i think like, so and that's encouraging yeah. like yeah good people will always like people who are good at it or people who are funny will always break often break through yeah of course people who are shitheads but have some skill or um know how to network or have uncles that are rich or right, have right. all the time in the world because they don't have to have a uh, they don't have to work at the apple store for money yeah. of course those people will have advantages and, and do well but if you're fucking funny, like you can, oh, like people know that. Yeah. Like it's like a, a like. I think that person is funny. Is like I mean, I, keep, I just said I think, and then I was gonna call that objective. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> no, considered no, no, subjective. But, but yeah, it's like one of those things where it's like if a bunch of people think you're funny, you can be a comedian. Right, right, <laughs> yeah. and that's yeah, and that's encouraging. I think ultimately, that, right, and that then it's like good. no matter where you can, where where you come from, you come from like fucking uh, high school dropout, come from Cambridge, you come from fucking construction, you come from this job, you come there, and you're like, oh, well, he's funny. Yeah, he's just as funny. Yeah, these two guys are both funny, right. and it's like that your backstory does not come into play yeah, at all, yeah. and you're like, oh. Oh, I'm not wasted potential. I'm right where I need to be yeah, exactly. in this moment. Yeah. yeah, I think when they were casting Seth Meyers, like they one of the people they hired was just this like dad from Ohio that was really funny on Twitter. Did you hear yeah, about that? Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Nardvark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so I, I love that. Yeah, if you're just like funny, your product can like rise above all the noise, and right, and people agree it's funny. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like I mean, every once in a while, like some shit breaks through, some com- indie kind of comedy vibe, yeah. or like. Guys like the workaholics who are like met at a community college and start making videos together. Yeah. Or and then oh, you know my do you know this guy Durs? Oh, well. And then all of a sudden they're fucking eight seasons of a TV show. Now they're all movie stars. Right, it's like right. good for those fucking. Lo- yeah. I and love it's just it. like at some point, at some point, it just you land where you need to land. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like it's all just self-projected. I'm just. And then now, now we want to get into wasting time. Like, yeah. Yeah. Pr- if I look back on my life and about the amount of time I wasted, it's insane, but it does not change me going forward. I do right. not use my time better. <laughs> right. Oh, knowing that. Yeah. That yeah. Even though yeah. I'm like, fuck, dude, I can't believe how much time I blew just fucking around. Now yeah. it's like. Yeah. I think on, on both sides of it, it is like how you were talking about with Moses, just like the different perspective. Like, so earlier you said the guy who like tries to do comedy for 15 years and then he goes and becomes a lawyer. It can feel like, well, as a wasted 15 years or it's like, yeah, you had a good time trying to do comedy for 15 years, yeah. and now you get to try this new thing. And, and now you're okay. 30, and now you're a 40 year old lawyer, and you're working next to 40 year old lawyers. Sure, they've been there for 10, 15 more years than you, but you're a lawyer. Yeah, now. you got it. Yeah, and it's like and they're like, oh, it. cool. What'd you do in your 20s? You're like smoked weed with strangers. Right. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. had some pretty good 20s. And I think the same thing too with. Uh, like with feeling like you're wasting time, like not to get like hippy dippy about the creative process, but like I think Hemingway said something like whatever whatever you do, it's exactly what you're cut out to, to do or we all do exactly what we're cut out to do or something like that. And I think like we kind of we settle into whatever our process needs to be. So like if your process is uh playing a video game for an hour and then writing for half an hour like <laughs> right that's okay and like you, as long as you get that half hour yeah, yeah or yeah, even yeah. like i've i have a friend who works for like a like a network sitcom and she said in the writer's room it's like maybe the whole if they can get like two hours of real work in that's good and right. then it's like six hours of shooting the shit or eight hours of yeah like, of like trying to land riffing. on something yeah yeah and that's like that you know ratio is okay it's not a problem or it's not like a bug in the system it's right right it's a part system. of it like yeah. you need to kind of like relax and feel good and then like there's the moments of that right right you need to get yourself into whatever the groove yeah. is or yeah but then there is truly just wasting time when it's like i've been i've been telling myself i'm gonna write an, a new original like pilot writing sample for a year and i still have that one i wrote four years ago right and it's like keep meaning to update yeah exactly i'm i'm in the exact same boat and it's like i need to get a fire on me and then like something randomly comes up and i'm like oh like the action boys spinoff i'm like this is what all my mind is going to and it's like these other things that i know i need to be done i'm like but i'm having fun doing this and it's like i'm just like a fucking id beast just like (laughs) this is what's interesting right now it's like no time to lay down the ground but it's also i'm you get casually rewarded for that that behavior so because then it's like one of those things where it's like we talk about with the cross country it's like if i try 10 percent harder but only move to here what's the point right if i can keep not trying and 
let's this will this is a good whole overall like a new thesis talking about like wasted potential there's also an element to if you're preternaturally good like if you start off good in perpetuity fuck you i'm just saying <laughs> i just gave my blank computer screen the middle finger <laughs> i'm not positive how the internet works um i did recently put a post-it note over my cam- oh, yeah, camera we though. should all do that yeah, yeah. i got, got a little scared yeah. uh, but the post-it note on the inside is a drawing of me nude so <laughs> it's really but like an extremely accurate life like yeah biological yeah. <laughs> um uh, going back to the waste of potential, it's like one of the things you learn, because I was always very good at tests, very good at quizzes, can, knew the answers to questions, but would fail if it required homework or whatever. Yeah. So I got by on that. I learned that, and then in like high school, you know, your final counts as like a fifth quarter. It's like you get one, at least in my school, it was yeah, like yeah. you get your four uh, quarter grades and then the final is 20% as well. Like, And I would get, 95 and above on all my finals so i always knew that i could i can count on that so i could blow it for like i can just cruise at like 70 to 80 all year long and know that if i got like a 95 i could just like overall get an 80 something my mom would be happy and i was like holy shit and i think i learned the opposite lesson that you're supposed to from that right yeah i think like from that i was like oh i can cruise i can cruise and get middling success yeah and then Maybe I maybe the only thing that's stopping me from being very successful is is hard work, but also maybe it's not bad to not work super hard and yeah. be where you are. But anytime I say like this theory to someone, someone's like, "You just don't know you wor- you're working hard." That's probably a true. Yeah, yeah. You're like, "Oh no, I just do 15 different podcasts a week with strangers. Right, right. Drive over all around LA trying to make something happen." It's like, no, that's hard that work. Is hard work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're yeah. Like, oh right, I don't. Yeah, yeah. You, you could al- also always now I'm just like screaming, but you can always just feel like oh there's always you could always say I could do more. Yeah, and I'll 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 always feel like that and I always do. Yeah. Is there anyone that doesn't? Is there anyone I remember in college kids who like bragged about how much homework they were doing or they would brag about like how many overnighters they'd done that month to study or like so some people I can think of some people back then who bragged about how much they were working. Even where yeah, I feel like some people, but all of my friends, I think, are more on the side of like, ah, I should be doing more. Yeah. But then they all do a lot. Right. And I think that's just a part of the business is that like yeah. you can't do everything. Like, you know, if you're jamming out whatever your uh, main focus is, but then like a friend of yours is like doing this cool thing and you're like, fuck, I should be working. I should be doing stand up too. Yeah. Or like, oh, well, fuck, I should be writing. Well, that, yeah. It's like, it's confusing because one friend has a great podcast. Actually, like even doing this podcast today, like in preparing for it, I start to think like, maybe I should be doing a podcast. Right. Like, <laughs> I like, I listen to this i think it's great maybe i could do something like or and then another friend gets a stand-up special and even though i haven't done stand-up in four years i'm like maybe i should get back into that yeah, yeah like, but oh, i cool, that, that looks fun. Like different friends yeah you know working on these things right really and you just are. look at it as like my peers all do these yes. things it's like everyone does something yeah, different yeah, yeah to be a successful comedian you need a podcast and a stand-up special right, and, a this, right, and, a yeah, and i'm like it's just not gonna happen yeah, yeah. yeah um wait what were we just saying right did i step on something um, that sounds about right for high and mighty to not know exactly what we were talking about but yeah you feel like you could always oh you were saying are there anyone i think now there oh, are yeah. well-adjusted people friends of mine who would go like i got four hours of writing in or two hours of writing i knew it wasn't coming after that and i went got lunch did the gym met a friend whatever you know do yeah. my i just knew and then our I'm okay with that. Yeah, that's true. I think that's like... They're like regimented. They're like, they yeah. know if I do four hours, I feel good. Right. I don't need to do more than that and I won't do less than that. Right, right, exactly. Like, And there's yeah. some there are some people who are like, if I get three pages a day done, I don't give a fuck how hard it comes right. or how easy it comes. Um, and I'm like, oh, that's such interesting but they have to get three pages right they have to get three pages sometimes it comes in like one hour and sometimes it's a seven hour grind and you're just writing filler to get the third page i I think in in on writing stephen king which we were i think we were talking about his book yeah he does the time thing like no matter what he's gonna be in front of his computer or his typewriter or whatever like for four hours or right that's the right move i wish i could like I dream of someday being a morning person so that like my like my life is like I get to the gym, I work out, I, I'm back home at eight and then I sit at my computer from like eight to noon and just right. write and then I go about my whatever yeah. I need to do. Me too. I dream of that too. I, and yeah. it's the thing we're dreaming about is not it's so achievable. <laughs> like anyone what? listening to this who has like a job is like a nurse or like a grip <laughs> or oh, you're That's right. pretty good news, yeah. 
That is actually happens frequently in the people it's a, often it's a hit compliment that. to you because I, I what just happened, uh, listeners, is I threw my head back in laughter so hard that I hit the wall behind me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's exactly what happened. And I got stressed for a split second. Your eyes rolled in your head. You yeah. spoke German for one minute. Yeah, that part I don't remember, but that's all on tape. So you heard it. You heard it here, folks. Um, well, yeah. I didn't break this. No, that's oh. fine. Everyone hits their head on that because it sticks out like a touch. If you just, you can't really lean back on that couch without throw pillows because it's a Victorian fainting couch, oh. as I've learned. <laughs> cool, right? Very cool. Um, it's one of those things where, like, the shit we're talking about, like, if only I, it really just means going to bed earlier and waking up early. Yeah. It's really doable, which yeah. is the scary part. I've convinced myself I can't wake up in the morning. Me, I hate not, it. I do hate it. I do, I do too. Yeah. I uh, I've also I've also maybe I'm like another part of all this and like uh, is how good I am at rationalizing things. And I've rationalized like, well, sleep's so important. Everyone says that. Oh my god! And so dude. Ev- every <laughs> day, to yeah. the choir, it's like <laughs> exercise is important. Should I wake up an hour early and go exercise? It's like, yeah, sleep is pretty important sleep's too. It's important like, too, and way easier. And sleep, right? <laughs> uh, they're both important. Uh, sleep wins. <laughs> Sleep and exercise, equally important. All right, I'm going to get 14 hours of sleep a night. <laughs> yeah, and have four beers to help me sleep more. Yeah, sleeping is good. It's an indica. It'll knock you right out. Right. It's perfect. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm I'm the king of rationalizing. Yeah. I'm the king of just being like, you know, and, and a lot of it is kind like comes from a kernel of truth that I then extrapolate out to like, oh, it's good to get stoned and like not worry about things every once in a while and just like, you know, dream and daydream and fuck around on the internet or like watch some weird movie that's good for your mind it's good for your body and then it's like it can't be good to do it every single right (laughs) yeah and so it's tough yeah because it is it's absolutely true that that is good yeah but yeah yeah but you know you gotta do other stuff and it's like then when you do like the other things you're like oh i went for a run today and i do feel better as a person you're like fuck i did not want to know i was rationalizing that it's like you know i need to work so i can't i don't have time to exercise and then i'm not filling the time I don't exercise with important shit. Right, right. It's that's that's the funny funniest thing. Not funniest, but that's the thing about all this is that it's like I want to be doing this. I want to be doing that, and I it's all I can be. Right. I don't even have a kid or anything yeah. like that. Oh, like gosh. it's like all that shit that is like a classic time suck. I don't even have a day job that I hate. You know what yeah. I mean? Like <laughs> and still, yeah. and still I don't do what I could be. Yeah. Do, doing things that I keep saying I want to be yeah. doing. And I don't know what that is. I get in my own way, like creatively and stuff where it's like, I shouldn't do this random, this non work thing because I need to be working. Yeah. And so I'll sit at home and not work over. And just this last summer, maybe the summer before I got into like, I wouldn't go. I didn't go to the beach like the first two summers I was here. I was like, I'm off all day today, but I really should be just. Yeah, that's what I've been saying. Yeah. The weekends. Right. And I'm like, I should just be getting some work done and stuff. And then all of a sudden you're like, no, fuck it. Go to the beach. Um, and then, or the day you don't go to the beach to work, you're at home and you, four hours of it are watching Glow. And you're yeah. like, what the fuck did I just do? <laughs> yeah. Great show. Glow's lovely great. show. Yeah. Glow Glow's is great. awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Check it's out not Glow if you haven't seen it. Yeah. I'm serious. Yeah. It's not, don't, I don't joke about that. <laughs> don't joke about Glow. Check yeah. it out. It's great. It's really Sunita's funny. Awesome yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Everyone's great on yeah, it. Yeah. They really are. Actually. Yeah. yeah. And, Mark, Mark yeah. Maron. I think it's my favorite. I've seen Mark Maron. Yeah. I know. I hate to take a show that's like all about female empowerment and stars. Yeah. eight females and go but like but mark maron is doing something special like. yeah he, like, he really is he's yeah. doing like the best i've ever seen him yeah but uh, and it's right in his wheelhouse allison brie is that her? allison brie she's yeah. great in it. Yeah. she's so awesome my co-star from the film the little hours uh get to see her boobs in it if that's a thing that oh yeah to you. yeah yeah uh, and that's true <laughs> yeah um wait and, you're in the little hours yeah that's cool i didn't know that when's yeah. that come out uh it's out it oh, came that's out a so awesome! Weeks ago. Yeah, oh, I have like a small cool. part in it. That's I, really cool. I play Nick Offerman. It looks really funny. I'll go check it out. It it, it was. I, we just saw it in the theaters, me and Tiff, and uh, it came out pretty. I mean, I saw it at Sundance. <laughs> uh, wasted potential. My ass. I'm at the <laughs> yeah. number one film festival as a number fifteen on the call sheet. Yeah, and yeah. Don't know what's going on around. Did me. they? Did now? Did like? Were you invited to Sundance, or did you have to pay your own way? I was invited to Sundance because the director of The Little Hours is yeah. a buddy. Oh, nice, <laughs> yeah. nice, nice. I, and that's up for. First of all, that's how I was on set. That's, <laughs> that's how, that's how got it works, in the movie. baby. Yeah. Uh, I have a a few years ago. I was in a Paolo Sorrentino film called Youth, and I have like five lines in. I'm in like five scenes, and so uh, like it's the biggest acting thing I've done. But then it, it premiered at Cannes, and then it didn't. There was no like U.S. premiere, and so I just 
paid for a ticket to go see it at the Angelica because it was only playing in like two theaters in New York. And then as I as I walked out, I was like really hoping someone, someone would, would be like, aren't you the guy? Me? Yeah. <laughs> You're kind such... of like hanging out by like, oh, yeah. start doing kind of the same yeah. movements your character did. Yeah. You have like the outfit on. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm standing in like chain mail with a spear outside like, get your autographs here. <laughs> um, Yeah, I got invited to Sundance along because he was like, look, you ca- we can't pay for the guy who has uh, two scenes in the movie. Yeah, yeah. But I, he's like, I want everyone there. Yeah. And I, and then Adam Pally, uh, good friend and also co-star in the movie, was like, uh, well, I'm getting the house. and Because uh, nice. uh, he was in two movies at Sundance. Yeah. And he's like, they're they're paying for me to have a house. That's awesome. Do you want to come? That's, and that's I was like, ah. Cool. Oh. And then they got the production to split the cost of the flight with yeah. me. So I went to Sundance and like. It's funny. Yeah, stuff like that. I had like naively years ago, just had no idea how it worked. And I think I. Like, even before this film, I was like, oh, it's premiering at Cannes? Like, so are they going to fly us out to Italy? And they're like, uh, no. <laughs> no. No, we're, uh, we're not. Not you. Oh, wait, it's Cannes in France, actually? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, in France. France, yeah. Um, <laughs> they're going to fly just you to Italy. Yeah, yeah, we're flying you to Italy, Nate. You stay away. Uh, You're a patsy in, like, yeah. a weird uh, insurance scam. So yeah. <laughs> just deliver this envelope to whatever. Yeah. Or, like, this. Bu- I have a book coming out, and, like, I'm doing a book tour. I'm doing air quotes when I say that. because I'm just, like, there's... I was like, I'll do as many book events as you want. Like, I'm ready to work hard. I'll like go wherever. And they're like, great. Uh, there's zero dollars for your marketing budget. So <laughs> anywhere you will be, like, we'll give you, you know, we'll like arrange with the uh, bookstore there. So, so basically, you like looked at your own schedule. Exactly. And you're like, oh, I'm going on vacation with my wife to That's this exactly place. it. It's like, well, we had tickets to a concert in Missoula this weekend. So I'm doing an event in Missoula. <laughs> and my cousin's getting married in Minneapolis. So I'm going, we're doing one in I Minneapolis. Thought your, I thought your uh, tour list was... Well, it's pretty interesting because it's like places that are there. It goes like L.A., then like Missoula, yeah. then like New York, then L.A. again, yep. and then like Portland. And yep. it's like it's just really- where I'm going to be. <laughs> yeah. I'm going I'm going to the Pacific Northwest for work. So I'm like tacking one on there for funnier or die. I'm up there. So, yeah, it's, it's all just <laughs> that's really fun. Oh, God, the fucking glamorous life of like yeah. a, a writer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm going to visit my uh, mom. Uh, my aunt's in the hospital. So I'm going to do a couple of books yeah. down at the hospice. Yeah. <laughs> like, if, uh, if at least 10 people show up, they'll pay for my cab fare. So, yeah. <laughs> the one fun thing about going to um, Sundance, I mean, a ton of fun things. It's cool to be there. It's inspirational. Yeah. It's cool to see other movies and random movie stars in winter jackets. Yeah, yeah. But the coolest thing for me was I do very well in live off the cuff performances. That's like pretty much what my entire training has been. Fuck, yeah. I'm not a good actor. I don't have, uh, I'm not, uh, good right I'm not like a studious writer but riffing randomly to a, str- a crowd of strangers right. is like my specialty so yeah. that's all Q&A is off right, right. and I'm like shining, shining in these moments and it's like the crowd I'm standing next to like Nick Offerman and Molly Shannon and John C. Riley, and I'm like here's the thing you know I'll you take drink all one. this yeah. red wine and fucking Tuscany and everyone's like oh my god and I'm like I'm getting laughs but I'm like I'm ruining the Q&A <laughs> to the point where one of the bits became when we were getting interviewed by Variety Magazine one of the bits was the director Anytime the question was so obviously like for a director or for the lead, he'd go, well, maybe Gabriel should answer yeah. this. And I would have like an insane answer. Like I just was like, why am I here with all the talent of the movie? That's awesome. That's really funny. Uh, <laughs> um, well, Nate, we have uh, dinners to attend. We're, yeah. we're just reaching the, the end here. Um, and as usual, we always end High and Mighty on me talking about myself for 11 unbroken minutes. Perfect. <laughs> but let's talk about you for a minute. So your book's out now in bookstores. Out at, now. Amazon, all that jazz. At, at Amazon, at your local bookseller. It's a, We got an audiobook version. We got hardcover ebook. I read the audiobook. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. So you, so can, if you like Dern's voice yeah, on this if podcast? Yeah, if my voice was not off-putting to you for the last hour, you're still here, <laughs> and you can imagine listening to this voice for 18 more hours, <laughs> go buy the audiobook. Yeah, how long is the audiobook? I actually don't know. It took, it took 18 hours to record, so less than that. But a thing I learned about audiobooks is it's pretty much just one take. Yeah, you don't. <laughs> if they, you flub a word, you do it again, but otherwise, there was no direction of like, hey, maybe a little, it was just yeah, like... Yeah, let's take it again, but like pop, pop your peas less yeah, or whatever. because no, I think so. the guy the audio engineer was great and he was really helpful but it's basically like he assumes that I have done this before. yeah or like <laughs> that I know what's funny about the piece so he's not right. gonna like give me notes right, on right. how to say it Yeah. oh that's really funny it's called Not Quite a Genius Not Quite a Genius so I would recommend if you like Nate's voice get the audio book Thank if you, you want the actual book 
go to a bookstore and get it. And not just because that helps uh, uh, Nate in any financial way, but because it's awesome to still go to bookstores. I think so, too. Get to the... Fu- I, sorry, you're doing Powell's, too. Right? Doing Powell's. That'll yeah. be cool. That's fucking cool as hell. I, I, we went to Portland for my birthday one year, and I was like, here are the things I want to do. I want to buy weed, because it's recreational there. I want to eat at these three restaurants. I want to drink from Deschutes Brewery. And I want to go to Powell. Me too. That's <laughs> like, like my top thing there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was a fucking great experience. It's cool. Like, it's really cool. Yeah. And I didn't even have a book I wanted to buy and I bought like yeah. five. Yeah. It's the like, best. It's like yeah. Strand or like a place you can just walk around. Yeah. And you like just and love it's like, books. oh, there's a, I didn't even go to this floor yet. You're like, right. find a random flight of stairs. It's like fucking Hogwarts. It's like, yeah, it's uh, awesome. Wait, it's magical. To bring it, let's end on Game of Thrones. It was like the Citadel. Ah. Yes, Maester. Nice. <laughs> nice book ending of oh, the show. Book yeah. ending of storybook ending of a memoir slash uh, fictional essay book story. Wrap it up, Gabris. Um, and what are you on Twitter, Nate? If people want to tweet at us their wasted potential um, uh, stories. At Nate Dern. N-A-T-E-D-E-R-N. As always, I'm at John Gabris. No H in either. Check out the little hours in the theaters. Buy a shirt at gabris.com slash shirts. Subscribe to the Action Boys Patreon if you're missing all the action movies talk. We're doing it week after week. It's only $5 a month. And buy, buy yourself not quite a genius. Buy a friend of yours that it thinks they're smart, not quite a genius. Yeah. And with Amazon, I know we're talking about going to bookstores, but with Amazon, you can skip that having to pick something up and deliver it. You could just order shit to people's houses. You can send it right to them. Yeah, send it right to them. Get, send an unmarked box from Amazon to a stranger. <laughs> <laughs> just type in a random address. <laughs> what, imagine we got like a loyal group of people to do, to do something. That? To, That'd like, be an amazing got, like, campaign. Li- right? What uh, it, I have it, a book for free. It, I should buy one to support you, oh and man. I should just send it to a random it, smattering if, of addresses. If like the next internet Rick Rolling could be that you send instead of sending someone a video like the YouTube video of the Rick Roll song, if you sent someone a physical book that said "Not Quite a Genius," like that was a weird <laughs> dig to do. Oh baby, that helped me out. Wouldn't a lot. that be huge? Like, and like you're just known as the guy who's like, "This book sold through the roof. No one read it." Yeah, no one read it. It's not good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, one guy did, and he hated it. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a one-star review, but it sold a million copies. <laughs> Thank God I became a meme prank in real life. Um, all right. Well, thanks, Nate. This was a pleasure. Thanks, Gabriel. Bye, shitheads. That was a HeadGum Podcast.